You're listening to Freedom Christian Fellowship's podcast. Today is one of those days. But thank you so much and, uh, for that. And, but um, really, two people are responsible for today. Number one, and for us being able to even be in the ministry, well, number one is Jesus. Number one is Jesus, and the second person responsible for me being able to stand up here is my lovely wife. And I'm so thankful for my lovely wife, Jeannie. Love you. Uh, I hope you hadn't started taping yet, but I can really be honest with you and, and always been transparent and honest. This pastoral, this transition for us has been probably the most difficult I've ever experienced in ministry. Still knowing that we're following God, but it's been a difficult journey. But God has been good and he's been faithful. And uh, we love all of you. And I want to uh, thank, uh, because it all started with this. I want to thank Pastor Marla over there for asking me to come and serve as an interim here. And that's how we even met the Freedom family. I'd never stepped foot into this building until that time. And uh, I'd been across the street, but uh, I'd never stepped in, inside this building. And then I want to thank pastors Andy and Kim Sink for the opportunity to come and serve as uh, associate pastors here after we had been here as interims. And it was just, it's just been an honor to be here, to be with you. There's been so many people that have wanted to spend time with us. They've called and texted and everything, and we just haven't been able, had the time to, to meet everyone. It's just been very busy driving back up, back and forth to Wichita Falls, uh, which is the, that's the church, the churches in Wichita Falls that we're going to, Regeneration Church, and we've just been very busy. So what we have done is, uh, and I, I want to thank God, thank the church ahead of time for a what's going to be taking place across the street. I hope some of you can come. We'd love to visit with you. But we've also designed a, a social event for Tuesday. It starts about 10 o'clock in the morning. And you're all welcome to come if you would like. Uh, we're going to be loading a truck, but you are welcome to come and visit with us. All right? We'd love, love to visit with you and see you. I mean... I mean, that's just your opportunity to be able to say hello and goodbye and all that stuff. So you are more than welcome to come, all right? And if you need our address, you can contact us afterwards. We'd be happy to give it to you. <laughs> oh. And if that, you can't make it to that one? On September the 12th, we'll be back in town. Loading up my dad's moving truck. <laughs> and he just lives right down the road. And you are welcome to come see us then too. All right? We just love to see you. There won't be much food. But there'll be a lot of drinks and stuff. All right? So, well, five years ago this month, uh, my family, I, my, in talking of moving trucks, my family moved back to this area. And when, we, and when we moved back, we were very um, wounded, very discouraged, very depressed, didn't know what our future held. It was just a very difficult time. And so I'm going to share with you what I've learned in the last five years. 
I'm going to share with you five things that I've learned in, the, in this last five years. In walking through this process that we've, we've been going through. And uh, if you have your Bibles, you can turn with them to Romans 8. We'll be there a lot. But five things I've learned in these last five years. The first thing is this, is that things happen I don't understand. <laughs> if there's anything I've learned in the last five years is that things happen that I don't understand. When this all-powerful, all-knowing, always-present, always-loving God allows negative things to happen in my life, I don't understand how he allows that to happen. And it gets even more frustrating when I ask God why, and he doesn't answer. All he says is, trust me. That can be frustrating at times. When you're walking through something that you don't understand, and you ask God why this is happening, why you're walking through this, and all he says is, trust me. No, God, I want to know. Trust me. Trust me. Psalm 25, 1 and 2 says, Oh, Lord, I give my life to you. I trust in you, my God. And through the, when we're walking through things we don't understand, and this is, this is just one thing I've learned, that even when I'm walking through seasons in my life that I don't understand what's happening, I still need to be in the place in my heart where I'm saying, God, my life belongs to you, and I trust you. I wish you would answer me. I wish you would explain to me in detail why I'm having to walk through this season of my life. But many times God is still just saying, trust me. Here's the big deal. If I'm not willing to say, God, I give my life to you, I trust in you, then here's what will happen. I will be more controlled by the circumstances that I don't understand than I am controlled by God. And when the past or present that I don't understand controls your heart and mind, you cannot see where God is trying to take you in the future. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your path even through things you don't understand. I've, I've, just, I've just learned that there's things that happen I don't understand. But I've still got to trust in God. God says, trust me. And here's what God is really saying. When things happen you don't understand, don't allow it to pull you away from him. Allow it to push you closer to him. Allow it to push you closer to him because Romans 8 and 28 says this. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. And if you're walking through something in your life right now that you don't understand, that verse probably upsets you. You ever read one of those verses in the Bible that, hey, that just don't sound right? No. No. How can God be working good out of this? How can God be working something good in my life out of something I don't even understand? And he won't even tell me why I'm walking through it. He just says, trust me. How can God be working something good out of that? And if you're in that place where that verse really gets on your nerves, 
It's probably, and this is okay, all right? Stay with me. You're probably being controlled more more by what you don't understand than you are being controlled by God and his love for you. If that verse just really bothers you. But that's, that's okay. I've been there. How can God be working something good out of this? But here's what I've learned. The second thing that I've learned in the last five years is that I must fight to keep my focus on God. You've got to fight to keep your focus on God. What happened to Peter when he was walking on a stormy sea to Jesus? He got his, his focus was adjusted from Jesus Christ to the stormy sea and Peter began to sink in that stormy sea. And when we walk through things we don't understand, if we don't focus on God, we begin to sink in what we don't understand. And it begins to consume our mind. It begins to consume our thoughts. Trying to work out the details of why I'm walking through this. God, why did you allow this to happen in my life? But here's the good news about that, all right? Is that when Peter started to sink in that, sink in that stormy sea, all he did was cry out to Jesus. And Jesus was right there to rescue him from that stormy sea. Because here's the good news. When my focus isn't on God, it doesn't mean his focus isn't on me. <laughs> when, my focus, when your focus isn't on God, it doesn't mean his focus isn't on you. I mean, even when I'm consumed with the things that I don't understand, God's saying, trust me, and I don't like him telling that to me. I get tired of hearing that from God. He's still close by. He's still near. And he says, just adjust your focus to me. The Bible says, Hebrews 13 and 5, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. I love that scripture. God is saying, I'll never fail you. I'll never abandon you. Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those those whose spirits are crushed. And here's the promise of God, even when we don't understand what God's doing in our life. Isaiah 26 and 3, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. All whose thoughts are fixed on you. Then when I adjust my focus and I fight to keep my focus on God... The Bible says that when I keep my thoughts on him, when I keep focused on him, when I fix my mind on him, when he consumes my thoughts and not what I'm going through and not the things that I don't understand, when God consumes my thoughts by his power, he will keep us in perfect peace. Well, what a promise. What a promise from God that he will keep you and me in perfect peace. If we'll just stay focused on him. I didn't ask my wife permission, but is it okay? (laughs) The day they, I think it was about the day after they offered us the church in Wichita Falls, she had a doctor's appointment and went to the doctor and they they had discovered a mass on her thyroid. And the first thing they did was send her to a doctor in Beaumont. I, don't, I can't pronounce what kind of doctor it is, so I'm not even going to try. But send her to a doctor in Beaumont to have a biopsy done. That's not news you want to hear when you've just accepted a church. 
That's not news you want to hear. <laughs> when you're supposed to be joyful and happy and they're looking at you saying it's possible that that growth on your thyroid is cancer. You don't want to hear that. And so, you also don't want to hear that when you do finally get to that doctor in Beaumont, that instead of, you thought they were doing the biopsy, so we could get this thing over quick, we could find out what's going on, we got a lot going on in our life, you find out that they just do another ultrasound and say, come back a week later. But here's what I've discovered is that he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him. When I'm not focusing on and allowing and, and my wife more than me, but not consumed with the thoughts of, man, my wife could have cancer. I'm, you know, not consumed with those thoughts, not consumed with why is this happening right now, But instead, focusing on God, fighting to focus on God. I'm, we're not perfect in that. I mean, but we, were, we had a fight to stay focused on God. Fighting with questions like, well, what if the, what if the bobsy does come back and it's cancerous? Are you still going to take this church? Are you going to go to a new place with new people and have to drive her back and forth from Wichita Falls to Houston to MD Anderson to go through her treatments or possible surgery to remove the thyroid? Fighting with all of those questions, you have to keep your focus on God because he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him. And then this last Thursday, it was this last Thursday, wasn't it? Wednesday, we set, we're sitting in the doctor's office. She's going to get the results of blood tests that she had taken. And we didn't even know that we were going to get the results of the biopsy at that time. So we're sitting there. And this very nice doctor who I just was getting very kind of antsy with and agitated with started telling her about, all oh, this was good. Her blood sugar's good. All oh, this is good. All oh, this is good. to go. Oh, and, and in case you're on pins and needles... <laughs> The biopsy turned out benign. <laughs> yeah, amen. Praise God. See, I've learned that things happen I don't understand. But I've, and during those times, I've got to fight to keep my focus on God. Why? Because here's what I've discovered when you do that. Romans 8, 28, and we know that God causes everything to work together for good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Wow. Because here's what's happened. This is the third thing I've learned in the last five years. Something happens when you can fight to focus on God. God's presence changes everything. God's presence changes everything. How does this happen? Because when I'm focused on God and who he is, I'm reminded of who I am because of whose I am. That in moments I'm struggling in my life and I don't understand what's going on and I'm fighting to focus on God, just one moment in his presence changes everything because it reminds me that he's with me, he's walking with me, he's walking with you, and he reminds me of who I am. I am a child of God because I belong to him.
I belong to him. Romans 8, 15 and 16. I love this scripture. It says, the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. There's one thing I've learned when I don't understand what's going on in my life is that God's presence changes everything. That if I'll fight to keep my focus on him and I'll spend time in his presence, it begins to change everything because I realize who I am. I realize whose I am. I realize that God, the creator of heaven and earth, there's nothing impossible with this God we serve. Nothing is impossible with him. I realize that he is with me. And his presence changes everything. It changes everything. But if I don't realize that when I walk through things I don't understand, I become a slave to what I don't understand. You become a slave to what you don't understand if you don't get into God's presence. But God's presence changes everything because I'm reminded I'm his child and not a slave. I'm reminded of that. And what begins to happen, a turnaround. Any of you ever needed a turnaround in your life? You just needed God to turn things around. Turn this thing around, God. Well, a turnaround starts taking place when I spend time in God's presence. It just begins to happen. Because Psalm 16 and 11 says, You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. You will fill me with joy in your presence. I can remember... When we were sitting around the living room with my, my, my two kids and, and my wife there. And we had told them about what the doctor had this, this, discovered this tumor. And, and so we just began to pray. And I, can, I just remember that. And, and, and they prayed for, her, for, for Jeannie. And, and I can remember during the prayer that I just I started laughing at one point in it. And this is a serious moment. But I started laughing. And I, I remembered this thing that I quote. Uh, I have some, uh, some quotes that I go through and I do it almost every day. I don't do it every day. But one of the things is, is that I laugh at every lie of the devil. I laugh at every lie of the devil. And in that prayer, I just started laughing. And I realized then that it was a lie. The enemy was just lying. See, in God's presence is fullness of joy. Even when I don't understand, in his presence is fullness of joy. Of joy. I'm, and, and last night I'm, I'm sitting there on the bed. And I'm sitting on the bed working on some things. Because we no longer have any furniture to sit in. Except in the living room. All of us all been packed in boxes. The chairs put away. And some of them thrown away. And you know how it is when you're moving. You just begin to purge. And, and I'm there on my bed. And all of a sudden. And I'm going over this message. And all of a sudden I hear that old song. Come, I'm listening to Pandora on my phone. And I haven't heard this song in years. And, and it says, I'm, tra- I'm trading my sorrows. I'm trading my shame. I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord. Remember that old song? That was a fun song, wasn't it? 
I'm trading my sorrows. I'm trading my shame. I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord. Psalm 30, 11 and 12 says this. You have turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You have taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy that I might sing praises to you and not be silent. Oh, Lord, my God, I will give you thanks forever. God's presence changes everything. I read this quote the other day, and I, it was several days ago. I put it on Facebook, and here's what it said. God rewarded Job, but never gave him answers. Now, if you don't know, maybe you're new to church or the Bible. Job is a guy in the Bible that went through some really difficult things. And he lost a lot of things. But in the end, near the end, God restored more than what he lost. And, and so, here's, here's this quote. God rewarded Job, but never gave him answers. Job encountered God and no longer needed answers. Job encountered God and no longer needed answers. Why? Because you have Romans 8, 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Wow. Justin, you can go ahead and come. Thank you. God's presence changes everything. Because here's something else that takes place in God's presence. When things have happened, you don't understand. The fourth thing that I've, the fourth thing that I've learned in the last five years is this, is that God still has a plan for my future. God still has a plan for your future. When things happen, you don't understand. The following verse is really important. Philippians 1 and 6. And I am certain that God who began this good work within you will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. That even when you've walked through difficult times, difficult circumstances, God still has a... If you're still breathing, God still has a plan. If you're still breathing, God still has a plan. And I've learned that as I've got into God's presence, I have fi- I've had to fight to focus sometimes... I've had to fight to focus on God. But when I got into his presence, everything began to change. Because when I got into his presence, I began to see more clearly my future. And I realized that God still had a plan. God still has a plan. If you're still breathing, God is still working in you and for you. Jeremiah 29, 11, and 13, and it's such a familiar passage of Scripture to many of us, and we know that the prophet wrote this to the children of Israel that were in a bondage at this, at, at this time when he wrote it. And he said this, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. And God says, when you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. Why? Because in his presence, you find his plans. And they are good. They are good. There's a lot of things I can't explain. It's difficult sometimes as a pastor, especially when it happens to you. But then when people have things going in their life, they don't understand and they ask you. And you don't understand either. You don't have an answer. <laughs> and the only answer you have is, you look at them in the eye. Some of them are broken. They're crying. 
They don't understand what they've walked through. They don't understand the tragedy that's happened in their life. They, they don't understand even, even things that have happened because of their own wrong choices. They don't understand. And all you can do is look at them and say, you've just got to trust God. And fight, fight to keep your focus on him. Because when you get in his presence, everything changes. And you'll realize that he still has a good plan. He still has a good plan. He still has a good plan. I read this. I, I thought it was pretty cool. If you think you've blown God's plan for your life, rest in this. You, my beautiful friend, are not that powerful. You're not that powerful. When things happen, we don't understand, and God still has a plan, a plan that is revealed in his presence. He still has a plan that's revealed in his presence. Why? Because Romans 8, 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Here's the last thing I've learned, the fifth thing I've learned in the last five years is this. As that with God... Two negatives can become a positive. Have you ever heard this before? Two wrongs don't make a right. You've heard that before, haven't you? Well, with God, two negatives can become a positive. Nothing's impossible with God. If God can take Jesus' three-day dead body... And resurrect it from the grave and give it life. <laughs> God can resurrect your life. God can take two negatives and make it a positive. Only God can take a cross and turn it into a resurrection. Only God can take a cross and turn it into a celebration. And with Jesus Christ in your life, He can resurrect. You, out of some of the darkest places and difficult things you've never, you've never understood, you don't have a hold on. And I'm just speaking, I'll just use this word prophetically to some of you, that if you'll let go of what you don't understand and get focused on God, you're, you're coming to a day of resurrection. Because you'll realize that you really don't need the answers that you're searching for. You need God. God can take two negatives and make it a positive. Only God can take a wounded pastor and his family and connect it with a wounded church. And do something good out of it. Only God can do that. Because Freedom Christian Fellowship, it has been good. It has been good. My Facebook memory for today. If you do Facebook, you know what I'm saying. They 
comes up memories, you know, things you posted in the past. My Facebook memory for today, I posted it August the 28th, 2014, Romans 8, 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. <laughs> Only God can do those things. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you today? What is he saying to you today? Are you still hung up? And I don't say this insensitive. Are you still hung up with what you don't understand? I don't mean that in any insensitive way. But are you still hung up there? Be really honest. Because I'll be really transparent with you. Like when I said that we've walked through some, a bit of warfare with this decision, what Jeannie went on. I'll just be really honest with you. It's only 11.33. And I, I am, this is the end here, the conclusion of the message. I'll be really honest with you. When I made the decision, when I told them, when we prayed and sought the Lord, and when I made the decision to accept this church, some things surfaced in my heart that I did not know were there. And it surfaced from what I didn't understand. It surfaced from the past and our failed church plan and the things that we lost. And I mean, it just came to the surface. Things that I just still have not put a finger on why did this happen, you know, because you always hear, step out of the boat, you know, Take that step of faith. It's going to be great. It's going to be wonderful. Yeah. And man, we just sank to the bottom like we were, feet were in concrete. And when I made the decision to do that, I want you to know I started struggling with fear. An enormous amount of fear. To where I almost called those people and said, I, I, I'm not doing this. But what I realized was that what was happening in my heart wasn't from God. Because God doesn't give you fear. In fact, his word says he has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And I had to fight through those things. I just had to fight, press through them. Why? Because... God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And I could not anchor my future in what I didn't understand about the past. So what's the Holy Spirit saying to you today? Won't you stand? You still, if you, you have some things you don't understand that are just, just kind of tormenting you. Well, let me encourage you to fight to focus on God. Fight to focus on Him. Because when you get into his presence, it changes everything. And you realize when you're in his presence that he has a 
great plan for your life. He still has a great plan for your life. Because nothing's impossible with him because he can take two negatives and make it a positive. He can do it in your life. You just have to, you have to make that choice that I'm going to embrace the plan that God has for my future more than I'm going to embrace what I don't understand. And I'm going to pick myself up and I'm going to move courage, move with courage. I'm going to move, I'm going to be strong and courageous and I'm going to move forward with my life because God's plan is good and he's working out everything for my good because I love him and I am called according to his purpose. Amen. Amen. Every head bowed, nobody looking around. If you're in this place today and there's been a little voice speaking to you saying, I want you to, I want to know you. And I want you to know me. You've, you've just never prayed and asked Jesus to come into your heart. If you're here and, you, and, and you've just not acknowledged, never acknowledged in your heart that Jesus died for you. He rose from the grave for you. He, he loves you. If you've never acknowledged that and asked Jesus to come into your heart, I want you, if you will lift your hand, anybody here, you can say, but today I want to do that. I want to be part of the family of God. Anybody, is there anybody in this place that would say, I've never done that? You can lift your hand and put it right back down. Anybody here, I want to pass up this moment. Okay, you're here today and you say, Pastor, I've really allowed some things that I don't understand to control my life and kind of consume my thoughts. But today I want to release that and I want to fight to focus on God and get into his presence. Anybody here? Thank you. you thank you. Several hands just going up all around this building. You put them back down. I'm just going to pray a prayer for you. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for this very special day. And God, I want to thank you that my wife and I, my family, had the opportunity to serve here at Freedom Christian Fellowship. These people are family. And I thank you for them. And God, as we embark on this new journey in our life, God, I know that we're still going to be family. And I thank you, God, that we can lean upon one another in, the, in these times. And you saw every hand that was lifted saying, there's some things really I don't understand that I'm still holding on to. God, I pray that you will just visit them. And just as Peter cried out to Jesus, save me. They'll, and Jesus was right there. God, you've never left us nor forsaken us, forsaken us. And God, you're right here. You're here. You're here, Father. And you're near them. And I pray that they would just reach out to you and cry out and sense your presence in their life, God, to know that you still have a great plan and there's nothing impossible with you. We thank you for it and we praise you. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen. God bless you. Love you.